It is Wednesday, July 19th. Thank you for coming back to the Sleepers Podcast. I'm extremely well-rested tonight, Card. I slept like a baby last night. How did you sleep, my friend? You feeling good today? I'm feeling great. Did a little uh, deep clean of the house last night. So, you know, slept in a nice, clean home. Got the crevices you usually don't get in when you're just doing, you know, the normal cleanup and tidying up. So, you know, I'm feeling, feeling great. Got a little bounce to my step, one might say. What are we sipping on this morning? Uh, another iced coffee. Nice. No specific brand? Nothing, nothing you want to throw out? Just a little Keurig cup? Anything like that? Uh, well, I mean, of course... I got my sugar-free hazelnut courtesy of Bigby. We love that. Bigby, where dreams are made true. Uh, thank you for coming back to the Sleepers podcast today. It's hump day. It's our third episode of the week. We got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about some Big Ten basketball, pretty much all episode. A lot of people have been asking for this in the comments, and it's just a long time coming. We got a lot to address in multiple ways. It was a dramatic night for Sleepers Media Enterprises, as anyone who follows us probably knows. Uh, if you want our, our official statement on some of that nonsense, you can see it on Twitter. And we will answer questions from the comments. I think that may lead into some official statements here, but uh, we don't plan on spending too much time talking about people that view themselves as competitors to us, Cart. So let's just jump right in. Should we go straight to comments, or do you have anything off the top you want to speak to personally anything i know you uh sometimes have a way with words in situations like this next time you're gonna do it better better be right and you better aim for the head we can move on all right let's go to the comments here uh again as always we will open every single episode of this show with comments from yesterday's youtube video it says we got 19 here so go to the sleepers media youtube channel like and subscribe all of that everything helps uh, jump in the comment section. We got a nice little chat mob going, starting with Brian Van Neyman. He said, love the daily pods. You guys thinking of starting off the season with a road trip to Chicago for the Champions Classic, potential top five matchup in one game, and then see Hunter with his new team against Coach Cal. I really like that idea, Car. What do you think of that idea? I, I, I love that idea, and I feel like we can swing that. We certainly could. I It's been on my list to start thinking about logistics for a lot of what we want to do next season. If you've listened to the show in the last week, you've probably heard me briefly mention we're trying uh, to secure some things right now. We're in pitch mode with a lot of different entities hoping to basically get college hoops to go picked up by a larger brand, possibly pitch us doing other content projects for various different outlets. So a lot needs to be decided still, but in my mind, uh, if, if worse came to worse, we would still want to do some things on our own as we did all of last season. The hard part being some of the favorite things we like to go to are a little further away this year. I don't know where Big Ten Media Day is, but I know the, the Big Ten tournament is in Minneapolis. The Final Four is in Phoenix. So I can tell you right now, we will not be road tripping to Minneapolis or to Phoenix, no matter how hard I try to beg Carter to do those things. How how come Detroit never gets uh, never gets a nod for a Big Ten Media Day or a, or something like that or Big Ten tournament? We get Final Fours. Okay, I guess that's true. And I'm sorry to do this like mid episode, but like it's killing me that my head's cut off. You know, it's harder than y'all think to fit this fit this body in camera frame with my 
Amazon Logitech camera that I purchased because my MacBook's from 2014. So, all right, we're good now. It was bothering me. In-game adjustments. That's why you're the best yeah. in the business cart. Ryan2985K said, love the show. So glad you guys do it every day now. But Greg, you say Cam Whitmore didn't prove anything because he was scoring in summer league, but that's all Imani did as well. And you gave him props. That's a really fair point, Ryan. It's a really fair point indeed. Uh, I think I am evaluating Cam Whitmore to a higher standard of like people thought this guy should go top five in the draft. Whereas I'm evaluating Imani as like, Everybody thinks he can't even make a roster right now. So uh, you're right. There's a lot of similarities in the way they played in summer league and uh, probably not fair for me to be so high on Amani and so low on Cam Whitmore right now. Hart, do you accept that statement as the leader of the Cam Whitmore fan club? I'll accept that statement. I will. I agree. I feel like that's uh, I feel like that's, that's well put. Nice. Good comment, Ryan. Thank you. Josh Morocco, 6437, said people forget the Andrew Dockage-led Michigan team beat D'Angelo Russell in one of the most shocking upsets in my time watching Michigan basketball. Yeah, that did happen. Uh, Wait, can we can we fact check? Was that an Andrew Dockage-led team? It, look, there was a team that Andrew Dockage played every game rotational minutes for. I wouldn't say led, but there, <laughs> there were dark times. Uh, in the it really was the dark years of the John Beeline era. He had like peak number one and then a big valley and then peak number two later. This was before peak number two and Andrew Dockage played a very prevalent role. It was sad times. Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman was around. Aubrey Dawkins was around. Cam Chapman was around. But uh, hey, D'Angelo Russell, while he is probably my favorite Big Ten player in a very long time, never said he was a winner. <laughs> never said never said that about that man. Gadsby said getting back on the Imani bandwagon after the summer league is going to age like milk. That's possible. I mean, it, that's, that's possible with any summer league take like that's, that's possible in life. Okay. But honestly, I really don't think it's going to age that badly. I truly don't. There's no expectations for Imani. There really isn't like he's going into a situation in Cleveland where it's not like he has to be a, a focal guy. He's not going to be the guy that tips the scale as far as where they go and their success in my eyes. I think he can add something to this team, of course, but it's not something that's going to drastically change the outlook of the Cavs this season. So I don't know. I think he did a good job. I think he's in a great situation for what he can do and his skill set. So I don't know. I, I really don't understand. I really don't see how it could technically age like milk, I guess. Yeah, I I'm with you. Like, and also we've been kind of on the Amani train a long time. Like when he was bad uh, in high school, when he decommitted from Michigan state and things were getting toxic, we kind of stayed on his side. Even after Memphis, we were like, I want this guy as a transfer. So I feel like you and I owe it to uh, Amani and our listeners to stay on the Amani train. Now that he is having a little bit of success. It's good to see uh, Austin Gooden, 1658 says projecting for next year, power rankings between Hogard, Doug and Ty. We have a topic today that's going to get into some of these names, I think, Carr. But do you want to just quickly rank those three guys heading into the season? Uh, I think I go AJ. Shock. AJ. I think AJ. I think AJ's for sure one. I mean, out of that group, are you not going AJ one? Or are you? We'll get to mine in a moment. You can. Finish. Okay. Um. Man, I mean, I, I know I sound like a broken record. I do love Ty Rogers, but this might surprise somebody. I'm going to go Doug only because I've seen Doug in the point guard role. I've seen what he can do. Yes, 
Please save the Ty Rogers USA highlights. I know what he did. I was a follower of that under-19 team. I know what he can do before that when he played point guard. He has yet to play the position. So it's I'm more of a show-me type of guy over projecting. So give me Ty Rogers third on that list, I think. Yeah. Saying that in an I think orange, I think I think I think that's fair. Saying that in an orange crush shirt has to hurt today. Uh yeah, that is my order as well. AJ one, Doug two, Ty Rogers three. That's my ranking specifically for next year, which is what Austin asked. Next season. I think that both Doug and Ty, by the time they are done in college, will be better players in their final year than AJ Hogard will be next year. And I feel like that's that's probably more of a debate. Ooh. Um I, th- I think Doug McDaniel ends up an all Big Ten player, and I think Ty Rogers probably does. I don't think AJ Hogard will next season. So, mm. uh, but hey, those guys are young. We'll AJ's, AJ's old for next year. Give me AJ. Robert Ladd, 7820, says here's some stats that make Illini fans believe it's addition by subtraction, assist to turnover ratio. And then he listed out the five guys who departed and six guys who returned. Um, I appreciate the comment, Robert. I'll just say that. Uh, I I don't think this is very meaningful. I'll just point blank. Uh, no offense, but um, you got to factor in role to this. Like Luke Goody having a two to zero assist to turnover ratio is meaningless to me when he is just a spot shooter. You want your point guards to have good assist to turnover ratios. And what I would pull out of this list is that Sky Clark and Jade Naps had 1.1 and 1.0 assist to turnover ratios. And Ty Rogers, the guy who is supposedly the big upgrade, had a 1.1 assist to turnover ratio. So uh, I would just be careful. Like you can you can obviously cut up stats however you want to. I don't think the way you did this is very meaningful, Robert. Yeah, can I can I say one thing about this? Cause I feel like I feel like Illinois fans comment a lot of stats on here. And yes, stats are obviously huge part of basketball but i'll say this and this might be me actually sticking up for a line of action this is the angle i would take and not even put anything about stats i have played on many basketball teams in my life many different characters many different personalities all of that it is true you cannot argue that it is hard to play with teammates that you do not like or you do not want to go out there and go to battle with i will say that but there is a difference between guys having personalities and guys you truly don't want to like play with and succeed. Like you can play with personalities, you can work around personalities. Everyone has different upbringings, all that, everything going around them. That's that's part of life. But it is very hard, I will say, to play with teammates that you genuinely do not like and hate. Because when you hoop, you got to be able to go out there and be like, "We're going to battle. We're going to war. I'm doing something for that guy." Uh, so, you know, that might, that might factor in because that's, I mean, we hear a lot with what Illinois lost as far as the guys on last year's team and the toxicity, whatever it might be. No one truly knows, I guess, but I will say it's more so I wouldn't, I feel like they're arguing the wrong thing. They're bringing up stats when they should be bringing up maybe the fact that, you know, playing with guys you hate is usually not a recipe for successful basketball teams. Yeah, that's a great point. And to that point, I, I do want to give some credit. I think the Illinois players are focused on that. Like Ty Rogers, that is essentially the point Ty Rogers made on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when I have been blasting him for saying that out loud. But 
Um, I, yeah, I, I think that's very accurate. The only hesitancy I have there, Cart, is I, I think it's a rush to judgment to definitively state that this group does like playing with each other more. We haven't seen them yeah. play. Um, you, you honestly, and, and honestly, you truly don't know whether you like playing with guys or not, because like we said on many a times before, when it's going good, it's all good. When you're winning, that cures all. It's really what you find out about like your teammates and what the team is and the coaches are when things aren't going well and you got to get out of a rut. And that's like when the kind of the true colors show. So, you know, it might all be good when the win is going on and people are getting their minutes and people are getting assists. But when that first little drop of adversity hits, that's when that's when, you know, it truly comes out usually. Yeah, there are there are still a lot of personalities in that locker room. I'll just say that. And uh, hopefully it works out because they can't possibly like playing with each other less than last year's group. They just still have a jump to make to get to the point where they clearly do all enjoy each other. Hopefully it happens for Illinois. We're also going to say some nice things about Illinois later in this episode in a full segment. The The segment is literally dedicated to saying 10 nice things about Illinois. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. Alex Brecken says, as far as top 20 Illinois NBA draft picks go, who will have a better NBA career when they retire? AirPods, if we can claim him, or Myers Leonard? Can first of all, can they claim him? Can Illinois claim Pods? Uh, I feel like I feel like they can't. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like, is there a comp from Michigan State or Michigan that transferred away and then became a pro that I'm missing? I, I guess I can't Colin, Colin Castleton, but like, uh, why do I feel like there's more? Why do I feel like there's more options here for Michigan that we're missing? I don't know. Uh, I can't think of any others. Yeah, I can't really think of I, I can't think of any state guys either off the top of my head. I think if if Colin over. Castleton like became a ten year NBA veteran, I think I would look back on him fondly, but not claim him. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, not claim. I mean I yeah, claim is a strong word. Like I'd root for him. I I just wouldn't be like that's Michigan. Michigan's own Colin Castleton. So yeah, maybe uh, but, I mean maybe you could make an argument though that he played one year at Santa Clara. So it's like, yeah, it's true. I guess but, to to the original point of the question though, I think Myers Leonard will have a better career than Potts. Yeah, I mean all Potts has to do is <laughs> is not <laughs> not throw out racial slurs and he'll make it. We're talking on the court, but uh, yes, that is true. Pods better person, Leonard better player for me. Dat boy from Illinois said re cool college team logos. The conversation from yesterday, the swack goes surprisingly hard. Check out the MVSU Delta Devil and the FAMU Rattler. Horrid basketball conference, but elite logos. The Rattler, I do love. Yeah, that's fire. And they got the they got the Nike and Braun sponsorship. All their gear is absolutely fire. They also like that conference in general seems to have some very strange color combinations, which I'm a fan of. Um, like I, I, one of my biggest pet peeves in college sports and in sports in general is teams that are just red. Like we don't, we don't need more teams that are just red. <laughs> Let's get a little creative here. There's a lot of different shades of blue you could go with. You could mismatch a, like a blue with like a different color that you don't think goes with blue, like a green or an orange or a red. Uh, I love in that conference. There's some very like green and red, for example, is uh, yeah. I think FAMU is green and orange. Yeah, I like that. We need more diversity in our color selections for college basketball teams. Brett says thoughts on MSU's 24 basketball commits. You want to take that? 
Uh, so I love Kurt Tang. Like, I think that he is the classic, like, I, well, it seems that Michigan State kind of has an archetype with these type of guys, like the not super athletic, but like three level score types, plays extremely hard, extremely competitive. Uh, I think he can, everything he does is like very, very smooth when he's playing basketball, like nothing seems forced. Um, and also, to his credit, like sometimes when I watch guys, especially on like the AAU circuit, they one don't play extremely hard, or two, they can kind of get lost in the sauce a little bit. And it's more so like, oh, I can see the projection with this guy. I can see the potential, not more so like what you see on the court. Kurt Tang isn't one of those guys. Like he's a guy who pops, he's competitive on both ends of the floor. He can score from three levels and plays extremely hard. I'm really excited to get him on campus. Um, as far as the other guys, McCullough, I don't really know much about him. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't want to come on here and, you know, act like I'm just watching a lot of him. Uh, he's a project for sure. Right now, to me, he projects as like a four-year guy. He's not anything that's going to come in and just be like shock the world. He's also kind of a tweener position-wise. He's like maybe 6'9", but more so maybe in the 6'8 range. Uh, but he's one of those guys I think that can project as like a pick and pop four um sometime in his Michigan State career uh I think that covers the 24 guys I'm, I don't think I'm missing anybody but uh those are the two guys I know most about I'd like to echo your excitement for Kurt Tang in fact you have heard this from me multiple times in the last 12 months I have said adamantly it won't be this upcoming season that Michigan State competes for a national championship it will be the season after this season I still stand by that, by the way. I know they're going to be really good. Hey, why, 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 hey, why not Why not both? It could be both. I, it could absolutely <laughs> be both. I think the jump happens when you get a lineup of Jeremy Fears, Cohen Carr, Kurtang, Xavier Booker for year two, and then maybe somebody that's not Madi Sissoko at center. Oh, what, about senior year, what about senior year Aikens? Oh yeah, Aikens. I'm sorry, he is a huge part of that. I didn't mean to leave yeah. him off. He that's my lineup. Anytime I've joked about this has been uh, not a joke either. That's the wrong word. My lineup has been Fears, <laughs> Aikens, Tang, Car, Booker. That's a national title ready squad to me. Um, so I oh, hope dude. it happens for Michigan State. I really do. Also, just I can't get through my response to this without throwing a little shade here. My favorite thing Michigan State fans do, which you just did is like gas up a recruit and then also work in, well, yeah, he's going to be a three or four year guy. Like people love like, Oh, Xavier Booker's really, really good. He's looking great. He's talented as shit. He hopefully he plays three minutes to the five, but he's probably going to need two to three years. Like that's just a, such a Michigan state on brand thing. Like they're NBA talents who eh, I'd probably need three or four years. Okay. Well, um, McCullough is a borderline top hundred guy. Yeah, I and you didn't gas up McCullough, so that wasn't the right comparison. But, I, I, I I do know what you're talking. About. I I understand that. It's like that, Jay, that. I, I, here's ten tweets of clips of Jade Nakins being so explosive. He really needs to come back for his fourth year and develop. Like you got to, or else you end up like Michigan. Absolutely, it's true. This is why your program is so healthy. By the way, I've argued against Michigan fans all offseason about it. Jawan stinks at player retention. Tom Izzo is incredible at player retention. I wish my coach was better at that. Uh, Gavin says, appreciate it, fellas. That's for the birthday shout out. I believe Lucas says Carter looks like the guy who gets picked up first at the YMCA because he's tall, but then he gets dunked on. Greg looks like he gets picked close to last, but then he dunks on Carter. Just a, a wildly inaccurate comment right there from Lucas. That's I mean, that's crazy. 
I mean, I won. You can't dunk, right? I can't come close. No, I, I no hops. Have you ever tried? Yeah. Yes. So I here's can I give like a quick scout on my you're, you're kind of lanky. Can I give a quick scout on my basketball playing abilities? Yeah, you, you can fact check me and tell me I'm totally off here. Uh, I I would have Grit, never gritty, gritty, hard work. I'm extension hard work. of extension of the coach on the floor. I'm not hardworking. I okay. I, I've never been a high level basketball player. I played like AAU and stuff like that growing up. Played high school a little bit. Never anything impressive whatsoever. Uh, I am a shooter. Very good shooter. I still am a very good shooter. I haven't played pickup in like six months. I I am very confident I'd go out and shoot 40% in a pickup game from three. Uh, can handle a little, can pass a little, have absolutely nothing defensively, have absolutely nothing athletically. Like I'm a below the rim shooting guard with a little lankiness to him. That's about it. Is that a fair scout on me, Cart? Yeah. I excellent would say free, I, I, I don't get excellent free throw shooter. Though. Excellent I don't. I don't get picked close to last, though. I would say that, at least yeah. in the in the like on the pickup runs that I play at my gym, I I think I'm probably a top four pick out of the ten guys on the court. I will say I do. I do usually get picked towards the top during pickup runs. I will say that. Well, you're six seven. You look like a bucket. Yeah, I've also only been dunked on one time in my life. I think I know the time you were dunked on too. I think you've told me about it. Yep, high school backdoor, yep. Michael Henry. I actually an Illinois recruit, but I don't think he made it to his first game. I think he got kicked out of school. But uh yeah, backdoor all over me, disgustingly. In front of a packed gym, too. Apparently Lucas is just gonna roast us every day because I think that's he's the same person who gave us the egg shaped head, I believe. Um so I guess yeah, he's also Lucas. I, I also hope you don't read it. I saw the other comment that he made. I hope that doesn't get read. What did he say? What was the other comment? Something about like me being like the new 4K porn star that he starts uh, with. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Lucas getting a little weird here. That's okay. Um, we are we're gonna do like a sleeper sports month. I think we're gonna try to keep some competition going, starting with tennis uh, and golf. In is that happening a week from today? It was supposed to be a week from today. We're still waiting on confirmation. Okay, exactly. Carter's nodding his head. That's good. So maybe we can work in basketball to that. Carter and I have played one on one a couple times here. He's a better basketball player than me by a lot, but that doesn't mean I can't win potentially. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Under the right circumstances, like in my driveway when we're drunk, I've had a chance to beat you at basketball before. It has happened. I will say. I will say this. I can't cruise. Like if I like, you'll shoot the ball. Like I can't just go and leave me open. Can't yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't. Can't leave me open. The holdster one one two six said, "Bro, the beginning of the vid sounded like a freestyle. Spartan dogs, wolf wolf, go green, go white." Uh, yeah, I forget that there's music at the beginning of these episodes, so whatever I say it probably does have the opportunity to get memed into like, "Oh, it's a freestyle." And, and for for those of you out there who don't know, Greg does have bars. Just so you know, G Wizzy. I did have a little little career as a, a part-time college rapper. Pinnacle of that being I opened for Chance the Rapper in East Lansing once. Going 90 into 65. It sounds a lot worse when you say it. No sorry, it's heat. I'm sorry. It I is. Might, might have to bring a bar out here. I'm sure someone could research it and find it if they want to. Ulamog says, someone help Greg focus his camera. He's still having tech issues like the audio with College Hoops to go. 
Here's the issue with the camera, folks. When I bump my setup here with my knee, if I move around here, it just goes completely out of focus. And then I have to like wave my hands like an idiot trying to get it to focus. Yesterday was pretty bad. I think today's been pretty good so far. The audio from College Hoops to Go had nothing to do with this setup. That was a totally different setup because we were already paying for so much of that project ourselves. We didn't want to buy $500 microphones. Again, if one of these pitches this offseason goes well, that will be much better quality next year. Sorry, Ulamog. Appreciate you uh, rocking with us. We are not going to read the response to that because that's the one you were talking about cart from a different person than Lucas. This was from ill enjoyer. Um, but just a, an odd comparison of us to some porn stars. Apparently Tristan Freeman said for no reason at all, want to do a top five list of Illinois podcasts out there. Just randomly bringing this up. Cart. I, 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 I don't really listen to any Illinois podcast. Yeah, I, I don't know what Illinois podcasts exist out there. I only know of one, so I can't make a top five list. Yeah, I would say two. So. Well, you got, what is it, uh, Jeremy Werner, who's the 24-7 guy. I know he does some stuff. I might I've have seen. to I might have to stop. I might intentionally cut you off from saying anyone's names because that apparently opens the door. Just I say, said I listened to it. I said I listened to his stuff. He's a twenty four seven. I, I understand guy. that, but you just saying people's names without intending to be rude whatsoever has been what has caught us in some mud issues this week already. So maybe just okay. don't go listing Illinois people's names, okay. please. My fault. My fault. Uh, yeah, we don't we don't know of enough to do a top five, Tristan. I'm sorry. Great comment though. Great attempt. Zuko LOL says, "Did you see the two hundred columns response to you guys?" Yes, we did. We responded on our Twitter. Uh, you can read it there if you'd like. And we might maybe have a little more response at the end of the show. Maybe in our one big thing. Maybe. Maybe. Just saying. Chef underscore Khan said, Cart, what's your gym split? Oh, I like that question. Uh, it does change. But as of recently, um, about two or three months ago, I was watching a movie with my wife. Uh, we were watching Creed. And the way she was watching this movie, she was staring at Michael B. Jordan way, way too hard. So I've been on this Michael B. Jordan Adonis Creed workout. So it's uh, Monday, I hoop. So I don't lift. Tuesday, I do chest tries. Wednesday, I do legs. Thursday, I do shoulders and arms or shoulders and buys. And then Friday, I usually do like whatever I feel. I'll do like a little hit workout or something like that. It's this thing called uh, Christmas in July. Shout out to Louis Savona. He sent it to me. It's like you do this workout going all the way up to 12, and then you go all the way down. In between every one, you do 100 jump ropes, and you just like keep going. Very good for the cardiovascular. But that's what I'm on currently. But I switch it up all the time. Honestly, like I'll go on TikTok or Instagram and like see a workout and be like, oh, that looks fire, and just like try it. I can confirm the Michael B. Jordan story because uh, you told me that happened the night that it happened. <laughs> that wasn't a joke, by the way. So uh, I'm a little offended that nobody in the comments asked me what my run schedule is. I'm not, it's not just a one-sided workout here at the Sleepers Podcast. I'm just saying. That's very, that, is, that is very true. Greg is Greg is in some great shape right now, guys. I don't, I don't know if, if you know he's running every morning. He's eating fruit. I mean... I don't, I don't even know who this kid is anymore. One day at a time. Uh, thanks for the comment, Chef Khan. That was the happiest I've seen Carter on this program in maybe a, 
a year and a half. Luke Cope 5123 said, instead of one big thing, you could do one big thought. I don't hate that. I don't hate that either. Should I flip that today or I don't, I, why does one big thing just feel right with the two G's? I kind of hate, I don't know. I just don't like the word thought as much. So I, we like where he's going with that, but for now we're still sticking with one big thing. Yeah. Let's, 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 let me, I need to think on that more. I can't make a decision right now. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the attempt though, Luke. Uh, Again, keep those ideas coming. And finally, Koi says team, not a strip club guy. Welcome to the team. My brother, good to have you in Christ. We appreciate it. All right, uh, great comments day. Shout out to the comments. Keep it coming. Uh, two more episodes later this week for you to get your comments in and have us address them on the show. Carl, let's move to our topics today, starting with the five best backcourts in the Big Ten. This was a topic you wanted to discuss today. Last year, this was a very divisive topic. A lot of arguments of is Michigan State the best backcourt? Preseason last year, uh, there were a lot of, I would say, alternatives that made sense. I was standing for Northwestern. Some people were standing for Indiana. Uh, I forget there was like Jalen Pickett was involved, obviously, although it was tough to define what Penn State's backcourt was because it was really just Jalen Pickett. But there was a lot of different options of where you could go last year. This year, it feels like Michigan State is the clear on paper best backcourt. And then there's a bunch of others you could put in various order that have promise, but need to do it on the court. Where do you want to start with here? Do you want to start at the top with your Spartans at the top of this list? Or or how do you want to go about this? Yeah, I I think I want to start. And before we do get into it, I do want to echo the sentiment that you just spoke on. Um, You know, even as a Michigan State fan, I believe that Northwestern was the best backcourt last year with a combination of Bowie and Audij. Um, I just... Yeah, that was the best backcourt to me last year in the Big Ten. Uh, I I think that kind of towards the top, I felt pretty confident in my backcourts. Towards the end, I didn't really know which way to go because in some cases, like, you got a shooting guard or you got a point guard, but you don't really have both. So you kind of got like a Jalen Pickett situation a little bit. But I'm firmly set with my number one here and call it bias if you want to. But I think that Michigan State, A.J. Hogard, and Tyson Walker are the best backcourt in the Big Ten coming into the year. Can I ask you a question on this? Because I also worked on this list, and I'll reveal my answer shortly. Do you get to count Jaden Akins in the backcourt for Michigan State? I, I did not, no. Okay, so you're you're solely focused on the starters here? Are you factoring in Jeremy Fears? I, I just did strictly starters, and I also did, like, strictly who's going to be the point guard, who's going to be the shooting guard. So, like, I guess in Illinois' case, the backcourt is Ty Rogers and Terrence Shannon. That's how I looked at it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Should we just go one by one and sort of back and forth then? You've got Michigan State at the top? Yeah, let's, let's go back and forth. This might shock some people, Cart. It shouldn't, though. Michigan State is the best backcourt in this conference. I am capable of giving credit where credit is due. How crazy is that? How crazy is that, Cart? Michigan State's clearly the best backcourt this year. It wasn't last year, to your point. Northwestern was the best. That's the one I argued was the best all year. Then I would say Penn State was second best because Pickett was so good. I would have taken Jalen Pickett and insert anybody over what Michigan State's backcourt was last year. This year... 
I think there's so much versatility here. I expect AJ Hogard to be better than he's ever been. Tyson Walker, in my opinion, is the best guard in this conference, um, at least heading into the year. I think there's an argument to be made for a couple guys that'll come up in my second and third list that could maybe catch Tyson Walker. But on paper, there's nobody I'd take over Tyson Walker. I'm including Jeremy Fears in this as well. I'm not looking at just starters with this. I'm looking at like guys who will play the one and two position. And I think Jeremy Fears is the best backup guard in this conference. I'm that high on him. I think he's going to make an impact right away. I have no idea how many minutes he'll play for a Tom Izzo team that has two seniors that need 30 minutes at point guard and shooting guard. But I hope it's, it's at least 10 to 15 minutes a game. Cause I think you're really going to like what you see from him. Jay Nakins doesn't count in this for me. Again, he's going to play the three pretty much in all his minutes this year. That's fine. Um, if you included Jay Nakins in this, it would be even a further distance between Michigan State and the second team. But Hogard Walker fears, without question, the best backcourt in the Big Ten with an argument cart for best backcourt in the country. Music music to my ears, Gregory. Uh, so I think the first one was honestly not really that much, not not that much argument. I'd listen to somebody else, but in that, but I I truly don't think you could really put anybody else one going into the season. I feel like two might surprise you, uh, at least from my list. I have Maryland at two. I got Jameer Young and Deshaun Harris-Smith. Okay, hear me out here. Deshaun Harris-Smith is an NBA. He's a pro. He's like a a pro. That man is a problem. And people really put off what Jameer Young did last year on both sides of the ball. Like, he's he's a hooper. He's a killer. Like, he's really, really good. And Yes, I know like some of the shooting splits maybe weren't as good as they should be, but he really picked it up towards the end of the year and he had to do a lot for that backcourt and a lot with that Maryland team. And I thought he was extremely good. He's one of the oldest guards in the Big Ten. Like I I have Maryland as my second best backcourt in the Big Ten. And I know a lot of that has to be projecting what Deshaun Harris Smith is going to do, but I truly believe that he is like a NBA pro. So that's why. Card, sometimes I love you, my friend. And this is one of those times. Maryland is the second best backcourt in this conference. Uh, I am buying all Maryland stock in general. I think that the teams that are at two and three on my list are two teams that I am much higher on relative to everybody else this offseason. I think Maryland has a really good chance to finish third in this conference. I think Jameer Young has a jump, first of all. like He was pretty good as far as transfer guards go from guys that come from a smaller level to the Big Ten last year. He was pretty good. Every guard we've seen go down the list, Jalen Pickett, Tyson Walker, any guard we've seen that is pretty good in year one has become a monster in year two that is in that situation. Jameer Young, if you want to nitpick it, uh, his percentages were bad. You have to include the context of the type of shots he was taking last year. He was essentially alone in that backcourt. And yeah, they had Hakeem Hart. Hakeem Hart was a spot up guy. Like this to me was a team that went wherever Jameer Young took them. And he had to take a bunch of really tough shots this year with DHS alongside him. I don't think he's going to have to take as many tough shots because I think some of the tough shots can go to a freshman that I think is a superstar would not be shocked whatsoever. If he's a one and done, I expect Jameer to be much more efficient this year. I expect that team to be 
insanely good relative to the middle of the pack of the Big Ten Conference this year. Uh, and DHS, I think, Carr is my favorite freshman coming into this season. There's an argument to be made for uh, a different player that'll come up later on this list from me. But heading into the year, I think he's the most probable one and done in the conference. And uh, yeah, I like when we agree. We're, we're two for two. Michigan State, Maryland at one, two. Who you got three? Yeah, I feel like I feel like this is where we uh we might find a way uh to separate ourselves. But uh I got the Wisconsin Badgers at number three. I got Chucky and Asijan is who I was looking at in this one. We talked about Asijan to lengths last season. He was one of our favorite players in the country. I think there's a leap for him. I think that a healthy Chucky Hepburn, though I'm not the biggest Chucky fan. But, you know, with his age, with his experience, with him being healthy, uh, also him being a good two-way guard as well, I think he'll be a pretty good, you know, point guard in the Big Ten. Um, so I'm buying stock in the Wisconsin backcourt. Uh, and I think I'm one of the people who is buying, like, the Wisconsin stock as a whole if their team is healthy. I know you're fading them a little bit more uh, in the talks that we've had, but I'm buying Wisconsin uh, more than maybe some people are. Yeah, I'm fading them hard. They're not on my list. Um, I, I've i said it before. I'll say it again. I just think there's a lot of situations where bringing back your entire team is not a good thing. And Wisconsin is right in that range for me. They were a really bad basketball team last year for most of the season. Everybody's back and they're supposed to take a jump just because everybody's back. I don't really see that. Like I, I would like this group a lot better if Tyler Wall left the team. Quite frankly, I would like this group. Um, Maybe more if there was a shakeup in the backcourt. Like, I know there were rumors Chucky Hepburn was potentially going to leave and they were going to get a different guard in from the portal. I think that wouldn't have been the end of the world. I, I like AJ Store. Like, the nicest thing I can say about Wisconsin is AJ Store was a really, really good ad. That's where it becomes hard for me to focus on, like, oh, their backcourt's going to take a leap because is a season really going to take a big leap when now AJ Store essentially come in to take a lot of his shots like and they they can play alongside each other i get that but a season's role is going to be smaller next season than it was last year and in order for guys to have a breakout year in my opinion like they need opportunity uh, just like cart no offense just like we've seen with jay nakins like we haven't seen the jay nakins breakout year because he's still in the third spot in that quote-unquote backcourt maybe we'll see it next year maybe we'll see it this year i don't know but I don't expect this season to suddenly be better because they brought in AJ store to play the same position. I don't expect Chucky Hepburn to be anything different than he was last year. And uh, we know from going to Wisconsin, like their own fans are not very excited about Chucky Hepburn. <laughs> so sure. we'll see. They could be good just because they're old. I think it's more likely they're the same team. They were last year, just with a, a little bit better wing and AJ store. My third team is a team. I think you like nearly as much as I do. It's Ohio state. I love this backcourt. I have them third primarily because I think Bruce Thornton is going to be a dude. I think Bruce Thornton is going to be an all big 10 player this season of anyone that's going from a freshman to sophomore year this year. Bruce Thornton is the guy I expect to take the highest jump in this conference. If I could trade Doug McDaniel for him, that's the meanest thing I'll ever say about Doug. I would. I think Bruce Thornton's an absolute killer. You can look at what he did the last month of the year cart on a team Mind you, Ohio State could not win a game. They were horrible down the stretch of the year. Bruce Thornton dragged them back to relevancy almost single-handedly. He was averaging like 17 points a game, four assists, shooting it well, getting to the rim. 
we saw him at the Big Ten tournament. I thought he was the second best player in the conference behind Zach Eady in the Big Ten tournament run. So I'm expecting really, really big things. And uh, as far as pairing him goes, Ohio State has a lot of talented freshmen that could play guard, could play wing. I'm a big-time Scotty Middleton guy. I think he's going to potentially be the next big Ohio State freshman that bursts onto the scene and has options to go pro. Uh, I also think Roddy Gale, I mean, again, he had a game where he went for like 26 in the Big Ten tournament. He needs to be more consistent. But Thornton and Gale together is what I view as the Ohio State backcourt. To me, that's the third best backcourt in the conference next year and why I'm buying Ohio State to finish top five in this conference next year. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. And then also throw uh, Tace and Chapman into the into the mix they're like six four one one seventy combo guard like bouncy love his game uh, i forgot who he committed to before uh, they might have took him from xavier or something like that i might have to fact check myself on that but he's one of my he's one of the guys i like um i took a liking to out of this high school class that's coming in so he's gonna be really good this class Holman's got is just crazy. And then you throw Devin Royal into the mix. Like I just want to say I like Middleton better than Chapman. I like both, but um, I want to just oh, yeah. throw, throw my claim. Yeah. I think Middleton's the stud in that class. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. That's but that's I think that's a good thing about their class. You could probably ask about ten people, and you'll get between Royal, Middleton, Chap. You'll get a couple of different answers. Yep. Okay. Uh, fourth for me, uh, I have Purdue. I got Braden Smith and I got Fletcher Lawyer. Uh, this more so is me leaning towards Fletcher Lawyer because I think that one, Fletcher's going to make a jump. And two, I think people really forget what Fletcher was doing before he had that injury. This was a 6'4, lanky freshman that, you know, people kind of looked at like, uh, look at him. And then, of course, his last name's Lawyer. So they're like, oh, Foster's brother. This, this dude was actually a, a big time like killer. Like we saw it in person that game when they were struggling against Nebraska. Granted, it was against Nebraska, but like that's a that was a serious situation. And he just he came in there and did his thing. He came to the Breslin Center and did his thing. Like I thought before he got injured, uh, he was one of the best freshmen in the conference. Um, and I expect him to be healthy and take a leap going to this second year. He hit the wall pretty hard though towards the end of the season, which was kind of hard to see, but. Uh, this is me banking on a really good backcourt, taking a jump, going from freshman to sophomores. Um, I think Braden Smith's ceiling is obviously a little bit lower. He can cut down on turnovers and things like that. But he had a pretty good freshman year for, you know, a guy who got handed the reins to a top five team. So um, I got Purdue at four. I went back and forth on these like three through five teams so many times, but I'm landing on Purdue. I'm going to stick with Purdue at four. I love you. I got Purdue four. I we're going to do more on Purdue, so I'll be very quick here. I love both these guys individually. I think Smith and Lawyer are both going to be four year players. And by the time they're in their fourth year, we're going to be so sick of <laughs> playing against them in the Big Ten. Lawyer just hit a wall. It was clear like at the Big Ten tournament, you could tell like he, he was drained. He was just the total freshman wall and the coaching staff didn't know what to do with him because he was so critical to what Purdue did last year that like when he was just a shell of himself, they didn't know whether to play him through it or try and sub some other guys in who just aren't capable of bringing what he brought to the table. As long as he doesn't hit that wall. Like if he is the guy he was for the first two and a half months of last season, uh, he's one of the best guards in the conference. And Braden Smith, I get the narrative on him is what it is right now. And we propelled a lot of that at the end of the year with like, he's so turnover prone. He can't be depressed, blah, blah, blah. 
Braden Smith was incredible for a freshman guard. Like I, I remember sitting here with you last year saying like, it's crazy. Purdue didn't go get a transfer point guard. It's crazy. Painter's going to roll with these guys. They're going to waste Edie because they don't have anybody. No, these little freshman white kids walked in the door and were incredible. That's why they were the best team in the country for most of last season. So like as much as Edie is dominant, they were good because of this backcourt and people acting like they're a finished product makes no sense to me more on that in a moment. But uh, yeah, I'm buying all Purdue stock specifically because of these two guys. And I honestly think cart fourth might be a little low. Like I think we might end the season next year being like, damn, we feel really stupid for saying Roddy Gale is a better backcourt than these two. <laughs> I, 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 there was, there was a moment when I was making this list where I was like, it's, Purdue like the second best backcourt. Like, I had was, them there, too. There was, I, there was a world. I had them too on my first draft, and then I moved them down because I wanted to give Jameer Young some love. But yeah, I think if there's somebody on our list, I think we're both just like underrating. It's Purdue. Who's your five? I had Ohio State at five for all the reasons that you know you already stated. Okay, so I, here's where I get the shit on you then because I got one team on my list that's not on yours. How do you make a list of the top five backcourts in the Big Ten and not include the best? point guard in the big 10 how do you do that how do you do that it, 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 are, you, are you talking about budarius i'm talking about budarius man listen i don't who, care who, okay who's the two i don't know you know? and i don't care <laughs> okay see the, so when i got to this 15 that this is where i struggled and i'll let you know like kind of what my thought process i was like i like terrence shannon is probably the best one of the best like guards in the car like i wanted to put Illinois in there because of Shannon. I wanted to put Northwestern in there because of Bowie, but like as far as the the guy who's their running mate, I just I I took Ohio. I took the I took the case where I could get two guys instead of one. Sure, maybe one question mark. Sure. So Shannon Shannon's not even a guard to me. I get that he plays guard for Illinois. He's not even a guard. Like if he if he went to a different program that actually had guard players on their roster, they felt good about. Then like Terrence Shannon would arguably be a four in the big 10 and a very versatile one. He's a great player. He's a wing. I don't view him as like, Oh, he's a guard. He needs to make the backcourt list. Boo is a guard. Boo is the best guard in this conference. He has been for over a year and we're doing the same shit we did last year. Now where we're just like not even mentioning him when we talk about best backcourts. And it's insane to me. Like I, I get where this exercise is supposed to include two guys. That's why I have Northwestern on my list in fifth instead of higher, even though Boo Booey is the best point guard in this conference to me. And Jameer Young could take a leap. Jameer Young could overtake him. Uh, I, if Tyson Walker played point guard, he'd have an argument. He doesn't play point guard. So if we're just specifically talking about point guards, Boo Booey was prolific last year. Chase Adish was also good for much of the season. But, like, we saw it with our own eyes, Cart. We went to Evanston, and Boo Booey took over that game in a way I don't feel any other player in the conference on our College Hoops to Go trip did the entire trip. So, like, it just – there's not a bunch of great backcourts in this conference. Like, we can gas up the four that we both agreed on already. Like, I don't know how we make this list and not at least mention Boo. And I think, like, the answer is Ty Berry's probably going to play the two next to him. I think – I don't hate Ty Berry, but like now that Audige is gone, Boo Booey might genuinely average like 20 and eight this year. Like he's that yeah, good. When, when, I, when I was making my list, I thought that Barnheiser would be next to him. I don't hate him either. Like those guys are yeah, role player I, I, types. I, I, but... I'm, I feel like I sound like Ross team right now, but like I, 
I'm definitely leader or one of the founding trusting fund members of the Brooks Barnheiser fan club. Yeah. I just, I don't think it matters. Like they're going to play a role player two next to him. Hopefully that role player becomes a 10 points a game efficient guy, but more importantly, Cart, they're going to move chase Audisha's usage to boo. Boo is now going to be the highest usage boo he's ever been. And I do think there's a really good chance that he ends up just, looking absurd numbers wise. Like I think we could see without the, the rebounds, obviously the triple double potential. Like I think we could see Jalen Pickett level dominance from boo Booey individually this year on a team that is probably a bubble team. They're not going to be as good as they were last year, but maybe they are because maybe boo's that awesome. So uh, let's just not like completely leave him off the list because he is the best point guard in this conference. And we got to give him credit where credit's due until he, does something otherwise, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree with it. Like I said, I said my reasoning, but you know, I love Budarius almost as much as you do. So, okay. All right. My camera's a little blurry right now again, by the way. Sorry, Ulamog. You, you got, you got fired up. <laughs> I, got fired up. I, got, I got off the seat. I'm tapping my feet underneath this about Budarius. Hey, it's Greg here interrupting whatever nonsense cart and I are talking about to ask you if you knew that we do this five days a week. Now, Monday through Friday, you can find the full video episodes of every episode of the sleepers podcast on our youtube channel you can also listen to them wherever podcasts can be listened to please like and subscribe though because we're kind of trying to make this a more real thing and we don't really make any money off of this right now which uh is not ideal so yeah thanks for watching hope you enjoy this and let's get you back to the show moving on uh purdue has come up in the dialogue in the last couple days Uh, this is a crazy conversation to be having already, but um, I want to make my stance very clear. And I think you're on board with me. It seems that people are now undervaluing Purdue somehow. And I I still don't fully understand why. Um, But like uh, all the comments on any videos that we've done, any comments on the off season grades that the field of 68 has done anything I'm seeing anytime Purdue is brought up. It's just, well, they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson. Like that, that, that backcourt can't cut it. They, they, they can't beat a press. Matt Painter stinks in March. Blah, 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 blah. Cart Purdue is quote unquote so overrated that they are now underrated. I just want to say that. Like, one, I don't think they are overrated. I'm using other people's words when I say this, but. Everyone that's trying to act like Purdue is overrated is wildly underrating this team that was a top three team in the country for all of last season that brings everybody back and adds some pretty nice freshmen. Like you're not supposed to bring everybody back from a team that was at the top of the sport last year, including the best player in the country. Like I, I don't understand why we have to downplay this just because they lost to a 16 seed. Like, did did people not watch what Tony Bennett's Virginia team did? Like, <laughs> it, one loss does not make an entire program. And I get they've lost multiple years leading up to this, but, like, those teams were different. Those teams had different issues than next year's team has. And as long as the freshmen take any jump whatsoever, uh, this team is a no-brainer best team in the Big Ten, arguably best team in the country to me next season. So uh, am I crazy on that? Cause this is stemming a little bit from the Michigan state Purdue combo we had yesterday, but like, 
just I'm so sick of the comments that are just downplaying Purdue because of the Fairleigh Dickinson loss. Yeah, 100. percent And for me, it's it's indicative when I say that I, th- I have Purdue as the number one team in the Big Ten coming to the year. And the first thing people say is, oh, but did you see that Fairleigh Dickinson game? I mean, yeah, I did. But I also saw this team win the Big Ten regular season easily and also basically sleepwalk to a Big Ten tournament title as well. Bring back their whole team from last year, including the National Player of the Year, a backcourt that's going to get better. And then the things that were lacking as far as athleticism, they're getting in guys like Coleman and apparently uh, Camden Hyde. I, I got to see it still, but that's what I'm being told. It, it's it's just crazy to me that a team that brings back the National Player of the Year, um, guys like – and even guys like Ethan Morton are going to be old, good. Guys like Gillis, old, good. Uh, Kaufman, Ren, first. Like, I, it's just they bring back so much from a really, really good team and have room to get better. So it's just like – I think you hit the nail on the head. It's people are under people are saying they're overrated so much that they are becoming underrated. And to the point about the March thing, all it takes is one run. All it takes is one final four to shake that narrative. It really does. Like people have completely forgot about what Tony Bennett did when they lost to that 16 seed because they came back the next year and they won it. Like that, that's an afterthought now, especially an afterthought because Fairleigh Dickinson pulled the upset. So we don't got to go to the most recent one, but like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's really just people underrating Purdue so much. And I really don't understand it because everything points to this team being a top five team in the country and being one of the best teams in the big 10 this year and the country and having the ability to make a run. So you know, honestly, I hope that like people who create lines and things like that are feeling the same way about Purdue because there's going to be a lot of opportunity to make a lot of money on this team, man. If they're, if people are going to underrate them like this, March is incredibly fluky. Like, and I get that's a convenient time for a Michigan fan to be making this argument, and Michigan State fans value March more than any other program in the country, as they should. It, it, like, good programs do that. I get it. March is incredibly fluky, Cart. Like when Michigan made a second weekend two seasons ago, that didn't make them a good basketball team. <laughs> like well, what, really, what, really, really good basketball teams lose in the first round. Like I, I think the best Michigan State basketball team in 10 years was the team that didn't make a Sweet 16. Like I, I think the Denzel Valentine senior year and the Miles Bridges sophomore year were two of the ah, best Michigan ah, State teams we've ever seen. Redacted. Redacted. Sorry. March is fluky. That's what we love about this sport. We absolutely love it. Now, Matt Painter has had a larger string of flukiness to to his tenure than any other coach in this conference. He needs to prove it. I get that. I'm not saying he doesn't. But using the losses in the past to discredit what this Purdue team is going to be next season is insane to me, Cart, because I I don't understand. Why would we take so much value in a five-point loss to Fairleigh Dickinson and define Purdue next season off of that instead of defining Purdue for next season based on a five-point win against Marquette, a 12-point win against West Virginia, a 18-point win against Gonzaga, a 19-point win against Duke. Those things happen two weeks into Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer's careers in Purdue. They eviscerated some awesome basketball teams that won games in March. And I'm supposed to ignore those wins because they did lose one game. 
under the bright lights. It makes no sense to me. This team is so clearly the best team in the Big Ten. And some of these comments are coming from uh, Twitter spaces Davis Mosley did yesterday. God bless Davis. Uh, like, I enjoy our conversations with him. We've had him on the show. He said he'd take Michigan State in March at the end of the season. He has Michigan State over Purdue. I would never do that. I just, I just wouldn't. And I'm not saying Michigan, Michigan State isn't going to be really good. I think Michigan State can make a Final Four. All of that's true. Purdue is so clearly the best team. And if I have to pick them for anything, I don't care if it's at the beginning of the season, the end of the season, anything. Purdue is clearly the class of the Big Ten, arguably the class of the country next season, Cart. Relax on the slope so clearly. Okay, let's let's relax a little bit. It's true, though. It's true. So cl- so clearly? Yes. Mm, no, I'm not. We're not. We're not going to see eye to eye on that one. I think Purdue is the. I think Purdue is the best team coming into the season for any preseason rankings. But like I like I've stated many times before, there's a tier in the Big Ten. There's two teams on that tier. It's Purdue and Michigan State. And I I would respond by saying there's two tiers at the top. Tier one is Purdue. Tier two is Michigan State. See, that's it's changing. It's changing because of other people's words about Purdue. Don't take it out on us. Listen, Michigan State's core that has returned, that is the core of this top five team in the country, has to take a massive jump to go to the level that Purdue was at last season, and Purdue has all their players back. It can happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but they need to make that jump before we give them credit for making the jump. Purdue's made the jump already. Purdue Purdue is that good. We know they're that good. Can Michigan State reach that level? Potentially. Hopefully it happens. But anybody acting like preseason, Michigan State is ahead of Purdue in any way. We need to see that first before we give them credit for that. It could happen. If it does happen, it's because the freshman class is really special. It's not going to be because Malik Hall makes some jump in year five. Like, it's going to be because Cohen Carr or Xavier Booker or Jeremy Fears are really impactful players that somehow help this group out. And Tyson and AJ jumps. And Jaden. I think I, there's jumps for I, I think there's jumps for all three of those players. You think there's an additional jump for Tyson Walker off of what we saw last year? He was so good last year. Yeah, like, but I but I could see I could see him being a 17 point a game guy. I I don't know if you want to call that a jump or not, but I could see that. But again, those jumps have to come with like added opportunity a little bit, right? Like I would I would buy there's a production jump for those guys if one of them left. None of them left. Like how well, Joey Hauser left. So I think there's that right that right there leaves room for more production from somebody. Honestly, I don't care who it comes from. I'm saying there's 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 an opportunity for somebody to make a jump because we lost a guy who averaged 14 and 8. Yeah, to me that goes to one of the front court names though. Or I guess like I could buy Akins if you want to say that stuff goes to Akins. I don't see how they use Tyson Walker better or more than they did last year. He was already great. Like yeah. Unless, but, unless but you, think but you, but you, you yourself has said you see a world where like Tyson averages seventeen a game. Like last year, he averaged thirteen, fourteen. I thought he averaged closer to seventeen. To be honest with you, maybe I'm misremembering things. I'm, I might be giving him too much mental credit for last year. He felt like he was averaging like twenty a game down the stretch. I mean, so, he might down the stretch. He might have been. He was pretty special. <laughs> look, the point is, this isn't supposed to even be about Michigan State. It just stemmed from that conversation. Just like it's okay to acknowledge. How good Purdue is. Yeah. That's Tyson averaged 15 last year, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right in but, between what we said. But yes, all in all, that is, that is the main takeaway from this. We are on the same page there. That people are underrating Purdue for some odd reason. And I 
I really don't know why. And I'm open using it, listening to arguments and things like that. But like, I really don't know what angle you really take. And if you want to say, oh, they lost to Fairleigh Dickinson last year, then you can save your breath with that. And they like Caleb first and Kaufman Wren coming back, even though they know they're going to be behind Edie is absurd to me. Like any other program in the country, those guys transfer and they're really talented kids who at some point are going to make a big impact for Purdue. So I don't know. I like what they're doing across the board. Uh, They're so overrated. They're underrated cart. And I think you're also one of the people underrating them because you're acting like it is a conversation that Michigan state could catch them, which to me means you're underrating Purdue. Okay. Look, look at this. This is the same. This is the same fan base that hoped you got hit with the ladder that we brought down there. Look at you caping for them. I want to say 10 nice things about Illinois. Can we do that? Given our, given our last 24 hours. Listen, we, we enacted a rule over the weekend after my actions last week, which I take personal responsibility for tweeting the immaculate grid and doing some intentional trolling of the Illinois fan base. I've owned that. It was intended to be funny. We make jokes. We're a comedy podcast. If you got problems with that, like acting like, oh, you guys are trolls. Like, yeah, we we troll. That's part of this show. Sometimes we have fun and we talk about college basketball. Next, you're going to go tell PFT commentator on part of my take that he's a troll like that. It's part of the show, folks. Uh, I want to say some nice things about Illinois because we enacted a rule that we were going to not troll. And then we went three consecutive days without doing it. It felt great. It felt refreshing. And then we were dragged into the mud to defend our honor last night on Twitter. So let's do some positive Illinois discussion car. I want to both go one by one. I want to say 10 nice things about Illinois. You go first and then I'll go second if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. Number one, I got the game day spirit store that is on that main strip downtown. That store is elite and has some elite gear. Like the the gear in that store is fire. Um, So that's number one on my list. Do all 10 of yours. Just okay. Yeah. Uh, number two does kind of, um, some of these are related, but number two is Green Street in general. That's that main street downtown in the strip, bars, restaurants, uh, food. Uh, the actually goes through campus too, I believe. Uh, so Green Street Legends Friday drink deals and the cups. The cups are fire, and like for, you get like a thirty-two ounce mixed drink. For like three bucks. I'm dying that all of yours are very detailed things about just the town of like the campus, the partying of Illinois. But continue. I I mean, and uh, on to my next one is the Illini Inn. The Illini (laughs) Inn based off that game that was there. I don't know if you remember what it was called. Do you remember we were playing that game? Oh, no, 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 no. It was like a, it was like a little like shuffleboard table type yeah, wasn't thing, it like but... you have a cup and dice and you like throw the you try to like bounce it or something like that yeah you were trying to basically get dice to land in a certain spot yeah it was, that game was fun as hell first time i played it and the line i in was just like a nice establishment tvs watched the game there had two floors really cool uh next i had the facilities as far as that new practice gym and the can gatorades that are in the <laughs> the can gatorades the film room, nap movie room, uh, the weightlifting room, the nap pods, Daddy Brad getting his five miles in every morning. That everything was brand new. That was fire. Um, student section, wild ass student section. Student section that just is active all game, like out of pocket at some points. But like sometimes students, 
some I think nowadays student sections are losing that edge and that out of pocketness. They don't walk that. They don't toe that line anymore. There's there's people too scared. The Illini student section ain't scared. They only, they toe that line. Only student section we encountered that actively had students about to get arrested for their actions during a game. It was impressive. Yeah, yeah, multiple times. Uh, next, Coleman Hawkins. I love Coleman Hawkins. I love Coleman the person. <laughs> Coleman is great. Coleman has come on the pod. I love Coleman the Hooper. I love Coleman the person. He's just he's a he's a good guy. Like Coleman. Uh, on the on the topic of guys, Tyler Underwood also a great guy. Uh, your brother, uh, <laughs> in some circles, some might say Tyler's a really good guy. Always showed us love. He showed us very good, you know, hospitality, showing us the facilities and giving us access and things like that. And you know, we've seen him at the Final Four, and you know. T Underwood, he just checks up on you sometimes. Like he texted me like three weeks ago and was just like, How's your summer going? And you know, I asked him how his summer's going. It's just he's a good guy. Love Tyler. Uh, some some would say we are brothers and we have a little bit of like a Kendall and Roman Roy relationship right now. We're we're trying to work through it. It's okay. End of the day, I'm gonna be there for him. Uh number nine, WCIA Chicago three and the people there in the studios. They had us. They had us on the show, showing us the campus, showing us the town, gave us all these recommendations of all these places that we actually went to. Uh, made us a charcuterie board, put us live on the air. Like it was a great time. I love those people, Amanda. Uh, I forgot Sarah, Amara, Sanda. Yeah, Amara and uh, Amanda and Sarah. Thank you so much. You guys are very kind and very hospitable. Bring and us last, back, but by not- the way, bring us back. We're ready for a return appearance. Oh, hundred percent. And last but not least, I can't make this list and leave out Murphy's Pub. Murphy's Pub True. is great. Great pregame vibes. They got touch tunes. You can get pictures. Uh, the tables are chipped. I love chipped tables, chipped wooden tables. That's a sign of a really good pub and bar. And that wraps up my list of 10 things that I love about Champaign, Illinois in general. I could have made this list 20, Greg. Love Champaign. It was a great list. I endorse everything on your list. Here's my list of 10 things I love about Illinois. The first one encompasses a lot of what you just said. Champagne is my favorite place that we went from our college hoops to go tour, and it's not particularly close. Number two, I would pay 30% of all the money in my family savings account for Brad Underwood to be my program's head coach. That is true. I genuinely thought about what is the highest number I would go to. If I could lock him in for 20 years to be the head coach of Michigan basketball, I would pay 30% of all the money that my family has to our name. Number three, my favorite college basketball team of all time is an Illinois team. It would be the D Brown, Luther head, Darren Williams, uh, Roger Powell team. Got to interview Roger Powell this off season. He was incredible by the way. And don't forget James Augustine. Okay, you you better not dare disrespect James Augustine. Number four, Terrence Shannon is my third favorite Big Ten player. He trails Boo Booey, of course, and he also trails Doug McDaniel. He just has to out of default. But uh, I love Terrence Shannon. Last summer, I was adamant he was the best player in the portal. Stand by that. Really love the guy. Number five, Coleman Hawkins is a lot better than people give him credit for. He's a great basketball player. And you talked about liking Coleman the person. I also love Coleman the person. He's a really damn good basketball player, and I don't feel like people talk about him and frame him in the sense that he's a really good basketball player. Number six, the media food at State Farm. Ooh, that pizza? Better than any other destination we went to. Papa Dell's, shout out Papa Dell's. It was fantastic 
fantastic. Damn, number I forgot about that. Number seven, Ty Rogers, at some point, is going to be absurdly good. I don't know when that's going to happen. It could happen this November. It could happen three years from now. But I'm extremely confident that at some point, Ty Rogers is going to be awesome. It could, could happen at a different school. It, it could happen anywhere. Anytime, anywhere. He could be great. Number eight, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn is really, really, really talented. Like I, I am very excited to watch that man have the ball in his hands for a college basketball team. It's going to be very fun to watch. Number nine, Sincere Harris as a senior. I'm terrified of that man. I think uh, I, I people like the Trent Frazier stuff. I think there could be a lot of Trent Frazier in Sincere Harris by the time he's a senior. I think he's going to be a two-way monster, and he's a forgotten man often when we talk about Illinois right now. And number 10, Cart, this one was the hardest one for me to say out loud, but it's true. Marcus Damask is a lot better than I'm giving him credit for. Oh, you didn't expect that one, did you? I did not. I did not have that on my bingo card. Yeah, you didn't expect that one. I don't think anybody did. Um, Listen, I am just so staunchly against up transfers across the board. I've gotten bit with my program way too many times. I think there's way too many downsides there. There's just more downside than there is upside. Uh, I've watched enough Marcus Damask film now to understand why Illinois fans are excited about him. I still wouldn't paint him as a big upgrade from the guy he's replacing, but I think he is a lot. Like I've talked about him like he's a total nobody. He's not a total nobody. I think he can start in the Big Ten uh, and be fine on a good basketball team. Less talented, less caffeinated Matthew Meyer? Hopefully less caffeinated. That is absolutely (laughs) for sure. So there's 10 things, all in all, 20 nice things about Illinois that we mean genuinely from our hearts, Cart. That was cathartic and good. Did your whole room just go green? What just happened? Uh, I don't know. That really just freaked me out. Was that the universe noted that you said too many nice things about Illinois and needed to remind you that you're a fan of a green team? Is that what just happened? Uh, That could be an angle. I thought I was turning into the Hulk. (laughs) I mean, if the Michael B. Jordan workouts have gotten you anywhere, maybe you have. Been a long episode today, but I think this has been a fun episode, Cart. Uh, let's get to one big thing presented by Big B. Cart, what is your one big thing for today? I'm going to finish off my my ice Big B right now and get to it. Uh, my one big thing for today stems from maybe some recent events that have happened. I feel like people aren't doing their due diligence or the attacking me the right way. There's so many things that you could cook me for. There really, truly is. I come on here without haircuts. Sometimes I have a unibrow. I was a Division three basketball player who averaged a career six and six. Yet people come on, and I'm also, I'm a little bit on the heavier side. I'm husky in some circles. But yet people continue to attack me for things that I'm elite at, okay? I'm an elite people person. I'm elite at podcasting. I'm elite at talking hoops, yet people want to attack me from that angle. Start attacking me correctly, people. There's way other ways you can come at me and basically insult me. I feel like people aren't doing their due diligence in that category. So if you're going to insult me, start being better at it. Because honestly, I won't really even fight back like that. I might even say you're right. Okay, I just feel like you're not doing a good job of attacking me. That's what I want to say. Yeah, we've had two episodes this week, and after our first one, I thought it was going to be our most uh, divisive 
moment of the week when we had the Hunter Dickinson clip go semi-viral. And you you messaged me and were like, if I'm Hunter, like the fact that I spelled something wrong on a caption, I already have my response written. That's up. that's what I'm saying. I make spelling mistakes. Sometimes I say like and um too much in my pocket. Like there's so many angles I could be attacked at people. Like, but yet you do it at the stuff that I'm good at. Like it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. I love that from you, Cart. I think that was a poignant comment from you today. Thank you so much for for sharing that. Mine, I think, is along the same lines as yours in light of recent events, of course. Uh, I just want to say, Cart, he who laughs last laughs best. And I find it a little interesting, compelling, you could say, that uh, the the rare occurrences that there have been people out there who choose to antagonize the sleepers sleepers media you know they throw the first punch usually that's that's what has happened historically they throw the first punch they never throw the last punch though like w- once we throw a punch in response to being punched there aren't any more punches and i find that very interesting uh because man it's odd to me. Sometimes like we get our word out and then there are no more words every time this has happened. So uh, just interesting. Just a little footnote there in light of recent events. I wore all black today, by the way. Um, you know, sometimes you go to funerals. So. And, and I wore orange, an orange crush shirt. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and Great prayers. Gear, by the way, like I said. Great, great gear. All right, Cart, this was a fun show. Uh, appreciate all of our listeners, of course. Hop in the comments for tomorrow's episode. If there's anything specific you would like us to address on Thursday's edition of the Sleepers Podcast for Carter Elliott, my name is Greg Waddell. Have a fantastic Wednesday, everybody.